0: This is the Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast, and I'm Lynn Pryor, and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris, it's good to be with you for this podcast.
1: Lynn, great to be with you, too. It's always a good day to do a podcast. And Chris, why don't you introduce
0: our guest for today?
1: Well, we're delighted to have Curtis Hans with us today. Curtis, welcome to our Bible Studies for Life uh, podcast. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here and be a part of it.
0: Now, Curtis has a longtime role with Bible Studies for Life. Uh, what he does is kind of, I don't want to call it behind the scenes, but this is for the leaders who use the leader guide. He, uh, Curtis is responsible for the shared commentary that goes in our, uh, the leader books. Uh, and that is a pivotal, significant role, really making sure our writers are on target, that it's theologically accurate. And at the same time, it's clear and easy to read. So, Curtis, uh, you do have a significant role, and I thank you for that.
2: I enjoy doing it. I appreciate the opportunity to be doing that.
1: So, Curtis, a couple years ago, you and I had the opportunity to um, be on a team together at uh, Lifeway. (laughs) We had a cornhole uh, tournament. And uh, <laughs> I was looking for somebody to team up with, and I knew that you had played softball and was a softball pitcher. Oh yeah! Uh, in church league softball, so I I knew that you would be good at cornhole, and uh, we we didn't go far. We won a couple of of uh, games, but um, we had a lot of fun doing it, and there was good. some trash talking. It got kind of uh, uh, gritty there for a while.
2: <laughs> it, it was a, it was a fun experience. I, I won't say that, uh, that we did good, but we, we held our own. And even when we lost, we were, uh, uh, just a break here or there. We could have moved on another slot or two.
1: Yeah. But the guys we were against, they were a little, a little younger. They were a little brash. They wanted to trash talk. And, um, uh, we, we took the high road on that, but, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you guys did better than I did. My our manager, Ken Braddy. We were a team. Uh, we we were knocked out the first round by two girls. So uh,
2: we knocked out two girls the first round. So just, right. just...
0: <laughs> so, uh, anyway.
1: But we're talking today about uh, Abraham. This is our third session in uh, in the the study
0: walking in confidence thank yeah.
1: you walking in confidence and abraham and, and his his life story we're not looking at every passage about his life but we're we're looking at several stories in 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 the life of abraham he's he's kind of the anchor for walking in confidence here and and so we're going to talk a little bit about that about tension today uh so the 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 icebreaker question that's asked by most of our groups has to do with you know what's a silly or a kind of a ridiculous um conflict that someone that you that you know someone had um over some kind of issue so i'm going to pitch that to you guys if you have one and then i'm going to share a family one well there's the uh
2: a uh, stereotypical story between husband and wife as to which way to put the toilet paper on the, the toilet paper roll, whether it comes <laughs> off from, uh, from behind or it comes off from in front. Uh, that Over the that top may be one of the I'm silliest there. kind of arguments that I'm aware of.
1: So well, uh, wait a minute. I, Let me tell you that, uh, this is a true <laughs> story. I was just at my parent, my mom's house, uh, or she's living with my sister now. And uh, I was in the bathroom. This this just happened this past weekend. And um I was after I uh uh was in the bathroom for a moment, I realized that I thought that the toilet paper was the wrong way and I turned it. <laughs> I changed
0: the role. <laughs> Well, I jokingly told my wife when we were engaged, I said, Mary, there's two things that's going to make for a strong marriage. Number one, the toilet paper roll goes over the top. Number two, you squeeze the toothpaste from the back of the tube. And we've been married 39 years. So I uh, give some credit there. But the only reason I've heard people give for letting it go under is if they have a cat. So the cat doesn't play with the roll. Hmm. So, And here we are, we got people who've tuned into this podcast to talk Bible study, and we're talking toilet paper. So,
1: there you have it.
0: Well, let's go ahead and just jump into this study uh, as, uh, as one on conflict out of Abraham's life. And uh, what we're going to focus on, and as you're dialoguing with those in your group, keep this before you that we need to trust God when conflict disrupts our relationships. That's our point trust god when conflict disrupts your relationships so we're going to be in genesis 13 and uh, this is the account where abraham and lot there of course they're traveling together and because of their journeys going to egypt and all that they have acquired a lot of wealth both men have to the point with their flocks there's just not enough room for them to water their flocks to graze together so um they, they come to this point where they have to make a decision and let me just read verse uh Verse eight here, uh, this is Abram talking to lot. He says, please, let's not have quarreling between you and me or, or between your herdsmen and my desert herdsmen since we are relatives. And I, I, as, as we're kind of setting up the story for what conf, uh, what Abram does in this conflict. But I want us to see just at the beginning that, you know, conflict happens even in the best of relationships. Abram and Lot, they were, you know, they were they were relatives and they got along great but here was a conflict and Abram was determined he was not going to let this separate them, uh, you know, in, in their relationship.
2: One thing that strikes me about this situation is that, that really the issue wasn't between Abram and lot. It was between the herdsmen based upon the fact that there was limited resources. True. And Mm -hmm. so often our, our conflicts, our personal conflicts aren't that we're necessarily in conflict with another person, but there's something else that sparks that something goes wrong at work. Something goes wrong in the home. We've had a, a, a death in the family. We're in an emotional situation. There are things that that spark those kind of interpersonal conflicts. And if we fail to recognize where the source is, we have difficulty dealing with the conflict then.
0: That's true, Curtis. And, you know, we let's admit there are people out there. They look for conflict. They seem to thrive on it. But that's not what we're talking about here. If you've identified Curtis, it's it just it's a situation that occurs to the best of people.
1: It is interesting that there that the the perspective that Abraham takes that you know, hey, look, we're relatives. There's no reason for this to become a full-blown squabble. And um, I'm I'm impressed. With some of the questions that we developed, and one of those was um, around the idea of. Um, taking the initiative. um, So first of all, one of the questions that we ask is what are some common sources of conflict that people deal with? Uh, But another take was what are the potential consequences when we ignore conflict as opposed to dealing with what the problem is. And I think that happens a lot. I think there's a lot of tension in, in relationships. And that may be happening in some of our groups where people just try to skirt around it or ignore it, or uh, don't deal directly with an issue that could possibly be the source of conflict. And, and there are consequences with that.
0: And it can even be a minor conflict, but because it's not addressed, and that, at least for this one individual, uh, because they never deal with it publicly or openly, it just kind of grows—at least grows in their mind, becomes a yep. bigger deal. And that's where all of a sudden you'll see someone just blow up, and you go, "Where did that come from?" Yeah, well, they've been like stewing on it a while.
1: Yeah, so we got, got to appreciate the fact that Abraham uh, took took the initiative to say, "Hey, let's let's deal with this." Right. And I don't know that Abraham always did that. <laughs> So it's, it's good to see that he had uh, the ability to do that with his nephew lot.
0: Well, what I do love about Abram and we're going to move into the next section with this is this idea that at least in this situation, he put the other's needs before his own. And uh, let me just take you to verse nine to see this where this is Abraham talking. Still isn't the whole land before you separate from me. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left.
1: So I think it's interesting that lot of, uh, I, I, I think Abram said it just like that. You, you go one way, I'll go the other. And, and you choose And lot gazes over the uh, area and looks at this beautiful lush jordan river valley <laughs> says i'll take this one <laughs> yeah. the, the very opposite of abram's approach uh, oh i'll take the best i i want this one and uh, so yeah, it's just kind of interesting i think
2: there's a word of warning for us here uh, it, it was very appropriate in Abram and Lot's situation for them to separate because the conflict was based upon too many, too much flock, too many cattle in a small space. But separation shouldn't be a part of our principle for, for, con- for dealing with conflict.
0: Uh, good point. Ooh, yeah. uh, it, it's
2: much more honoring to God when we have conflict and we're able to resolve it rather than simply separate from it.
1: I appreciate you saying that, but I think what what Lynn was alluding to was the humility of Abram to say, okay, you, you right. choose. I, 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 this is not a right or wrong. And by all rights, as the leader, he, he could have easily said, I'm going to go this way, you go that way. He could have chosen, but he, he deferred uh, to Lot to give him the option. So it wasn't about winning uh, for Abram, it was about resolving the the conflict
0: right and in this particular context the solution was to separate i mean that was there was really no other solution beyond that uh so i think that's a good warning that uh and that's how that's the the preferred way of dealing with conflict for a lot of us uh well i'm just i just won't be around that person anymore i'm just gonna i'm gonna run away withdraw withdraw um and uh As you said, that's not the right way, but it was what was needed in this situation for them to at least separate. Uh, And and, and in process of doing that, it actually would help their relationship with one another. Uh, I tell you what amazes me, though, about this is, you know, Abram's humility in this. But Abram could have easily said, you know, Lot, I'm just thinking this through. But, you know, Lot, let's go back to Genesis 12. And uh, who did God call? Oh, yeah, He called me. <laughs> He's—they he's, called me, so I guess I'm the one who needs to make the call on this because God, you know, God and I are pretty close.
1: Well, he's—he el- was elder too, elderly. He—he—he—he he, he, right. he, he, he sh- he, he should. You could see why uh, he could have assumed that Lot would defer to him as opposed to him deferring to Lot. And in many
2: ways, he had served as Lot's father since Lot's father had passed away when he was quite younger. He had become the father figure for Lot.
0: So as we think about the humility of this, I want to capture one thing that Blake Gideon, who wrote the personal study guide, what he said, and he's kind of turning it back now on us. He says the only possible way to remain humble is in Christ Jesus. The only way we can truly maintain humility in any conflict is to run our words and our actions through the filter of Jesus. Wow. That's pretty good because, you know, now we're talking about Abram's humility. How does that apply to me? I need to make sure what I'm saying, what I'm doing, and my, my response to the conflict, I'm running it through that filter of Jesus. Am I being humble before him?
1: And I believe he referenced the Philippians passage where Paul says, you yeah. know, let's um, be sure that we are- do
0: nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Right. But in humility, consider others more important than yourselves.
1: And boy, that's a theme throughout Paul's writings. You know, just think more about others than yourself. It's really clear in that passage, but and when you look at it, uh, that pops up many times in his writings.
0: So we see here that uh, as we've seen a lot, just he took the better part of this. He he, he says, "Okay, you're you're going to let me choose. I'm choosing," uh, and, and Abram just let him do it. But with that, to me, there is this trust that God is going to take care of Abram. So you get into now the next section of scripture, which is we're looking at Genesis 13, verses 14 through 18. And let me just read this, this these uh, five verses or so, because I think these are rich. After Lot had separated from him, from Abram, the Lord said to Abram, look from the place where you are. Look north and south, east and west, for I will give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. Now I'm thinking, Lot's just taken part of this, but but God is telling Abram, Hey, you look wherever you want to look. That land is yours. And I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could count the dust of the earth. Then your offspring could be counted, but get up and walk around the land through its length and width for, I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and went to live near the Oaks of Mamre and Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. He just trusted God. God's going to remain faithful to that promise, and I like the fact he concluded he just built an altar to the Lord and worshipped Him for how He was going to work.
1: We see that refrain almost um, uh, over uh, the series of, of sessions that we're dealing with Abram, where his response is to believe God and to worship Him, and uh, it's healthy for us to see that in this in this setting. So,
2: the, and, to, and for us, like like with. Uh, with Abraham, resolution or, or or the the end result is not always going to be in our favor. But when we have confidence in God, when that's where we've placed our confidence, then the the immediate result isn't really that significant to us. It it it, it doesn't uh, waylay our relationship. It doesn't uh, change our commitment. Uh, There's a confidence that even when the immediate outcome is not to our favor Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
2: from outward appearances, that God is still in control and we can still trust that he's going to be faithful and and, uh, caring for us.
1: Confl- conflict is a difficult thing, the tension that, that is a part of all of that, especially in family relationships. And um, our faith and trust in God is is vital to us. I, the last question that's asked in this uh, set of questions is how can trust in God help us during times of conflict? And um, I don't know that we always think that first, but I think it's very wise for us uh, to reflect on our, our faith and trust in God you know, while we're in the midst of conflict with, again, a lot of times our conflict are with people that we love. It's with people that are close to us. And um, so um, if, as people of faith, it's important that we that we trust him, even in the midst of those those trying times, sometimes filled with tension in our in our lives to to look back and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this. Uh, give me wisdom. Help me. Um, it's a good reminder for the people that will be looking at this uh, session this week.
0: Yeah, and Chris, as we wrap up this study, and, and, and as you're in your group, too, uh, the live it out statements, the application ideas that close this session fall right into that idea of, of learning to trust God in the midst of conflict. Um, one of the ideas here is to pray as an act of worship, lift up those that you might have a, tension, uh, a potential conflict with. And, you know, praying for them, praying for the situation. And I'm thinking, I can't really pray for somebody without my heart really turning toward them, not against them, but praying for them. And with that, another application thing is then to check your pride. Uh, What is the level of my humility in this situation? And then the third one, which is where it gets tough, is to uh, if there's someone I need to reconcile with, pick up the phone, set up a time, get together and talk. And I think that's rich. That's a part of that trusting God. And here's what I'm going to do as I trust Him.
1: I love these stories uh, from the Old Testament, especially from from Abraham's life, that that really have um, strong life application uh, for us. What things we can learn and apply. And I think it's, I think it's healthy for us to talk about conflict and and tension that comes in the midst of conflict Mm -hmm. Um, from a Bible study perspective, looking at an experience of someone like Abraham uh, to help us to then say, how do I how how do I do a conflict? How do I deal with that tension? Do I uh, allow my trust in God to be um, a source of strength in the midst of conflict?
2: we do ourselves a disservice if we think that being a Christian will not ever have conflict uh, Conflict <laughs> is, uh, is part of life and, and therefore ought to be part of our Bible study, part of our spiritual preparation and spiritual experience. So I, I agree with you, Chris.
1: Well, listen, I want to thank you, uh, Curtis, for being a part of this today and, uh, to our our listeners we want to thank you we're going to take a moment to uh hear from curtis if you're a group leader uh there may be um we always need assistance, always need help. And we try to ask our uh, contributors on the podcast to share from their experience uh, some uh, teaching helps. Uh, we appreciate you who you who are listening, who are teachers, and we want to, to provide that for you. Um, and then I think, Lynn, you're going to talk a little bit about what you mentioned earlier with the shared commentary. That oh, Curtis sure. Sure.
0: Sure. Curtis uh, does. Uh, he, he takes on a big portion of the what we call the shared commentary because it's the same in all the leader guides. And I will be honest, I'm, I have been surprised by talking to leaders that occasionally mentioned, I wish I had some more Bible study helps. And I'll mention, well, there's commentary in the leader guide and there's this pause where they go, oh, there's a leader guide. Well, yes, there is. The leader guide, of course, has group plans that will help you facilitate a discussion. But right alongside that, that group plan is the commentary that Curtis uh, does such a capable job of providing. And Curtis, I'm just going to toot your horn. What I love about the commentary, which you do with your writers, is you can really take us deep into the scripture, but you explain it in a way that anybody can understand. It doesn't come across to me as academic. And I think that's important because we have uh, we just just we run the gamut of people who use this commentary. So I appreciate that you make it avail- uh, easy and accessible to all of us.
1: I appreciate that, too. And one of the things that I just want to remind those of you who are leaders about is that we've built these lessons around questions, discussion questions. So we want there to be conversations. So this, the commentary um oftentimes is used by somebody who wants to lecture. But I want to say to you that if you are facilitating a group, the commentary can be little tidbits of information that can help you explain something in the midst of a discussion-based conversation that does not mean that you have to lecture.
0: Well, Curtis, would you take a moment, just kind of share a tip that might help all of us who
2: teach? Sure. This in a session like this, Uh, Talking about conflict can sometimes be almost as emotional as the conflict itself. (laughs) So so (laughs) be alert and sensitive as you go into the session to people who are uh, in the midst of or have just come out of a time of conflict, whether that's some sort of marital situation, a divorce situation, uh, some sort of, uh, of issue like that. And if your church happens to be uh, one of those churches that has internal conflict going on right now, don't allow this session to become an opportunity for the different, quote unquote, sides to, uh, to bash the other side or to express and justify their position. Keep the focus on what each believer is to do in their response to conflict not what uh, the other side ought to do but what we as individual believers ought to do how we need to follow abram's example good
1: advice good word and the reality is sometimes in groups sometimes in churches there there is that kind of underlying issue that's going on and um, my hope is that we can learn from Abram's experience and example to maybe practice uh, some of these things uh, so that uh, we can move toward resolution uh, in, in, our, in, the, in the conflict that people are having in, in a group or at a church. All right. Thanks again for Curtis, for being with us. Always good to be thank with you. you. And again, I want to thank you for uh, our listeners, for being with us today, for listening and for being a part of this podcast. We hope it's been beneficial to you. And uh, we uh, pray that uh, you will have a, a meaningful conversation around God's word this week and come back as we continue to study on uh, the, the life and lessons that we can learn from Abraham as we walk in confidence.